Chapter 41 Fiora's hair rattled when she stood. Madame Isla had tied five forks to the ends, as well as an assortment of shells and bits of glass. Things that would be considered trash if they washed up on the shore. Madame Isla sang and smoothed out the water to create a smooth mirror on the surface. Fiora studied her reflection and tried not to grimace. By mermaid standards, she looked very attractive. The effect would be better if her hair could float around in the water, but the decorations were nicely placed. They sparkled in the sun, casting glints of light on the nearby rocks. By human standards, she looked like a garbage collector who stored everything she collected in her hair. It's? Thankfully Fiora was spared answering as Zoe burst through the waves with a cheerful song. The statue followed, flying through the air and landing in the sand with a soft thud. Zoe and Madame Isla sang together, creating a wave to wash it further up the shore and set it upright. Fiora limped across the beach to study it. The statue had to be King Francois. Why had she not noticed the resemblance to Gustave when she saw it before? Probably because she had not known Gustave's face so well then. How will you summon the human man to be seduced? Zoe asked. Do you think he would follow the seagull? I'm not seducing him, and sending a seagull as a messenger may be the most unromantic thing I've ever heard. Madame Isla considered this. I suppose you'll have to go fetch him yourself and bring him back. That will give us time to find more fish and build a fire. You can offer him food after all. No, please don't. But the mermaids were already gone. Fiora sighed and stared at the statue. There was no way she could drag it up to the castle. It was taller than her in solid stone. She could barely hold her head upright from the weight of the forks and glass tied into it. She certainly wouldn't be able to move King Francois. Madame Isla was right. Fiora would have to fetch Gustave and bring him to the gift instead. Maybe she could find him and get back before the mermaids covered the beach with dead fish in a misguided effort to help. Seduction indeed. Fiora winced, remembering how quickly Gustave had pulled back from kissing her. However bad Madame Isla's advice was, perhaps anything that distracted from her personality would be an improvement. She looked at her ring. The stubborn streak of pink and blue still danced across the surface of the pearl. Suddenly, Fiora felt too tired to stand. She slumped into the sand and leaned against the statue. If she had her voice, she would have talked to the stone king as she had talked to Gustave's statue when she was a child. Instead, she leaned her head against King Francois's leg, careful not to stab herself with the many objects tied in her hair, and stared at the sea. The waves rolled peacefully against the shore, never-ending and never-changing. Why couldn't love be like that? Steady and reliable. Something that simply was. That you didn't earn and couldn't lose. Was such a thing even possible? A large wave washed halfway up the beach, leaving a streak of sea foam behind it. Fiora scowled at the water and stared at the sky instead. One more day before the transformation charm ran out. She had one day to save her life by winning a king's love. And the only thing she had to offer him was a statue pulled from the sea. Lady Mare. Fiora looked up, only mildly surprised to see Gustav running towards her. He seemed to find her wherever she went. 
she plucked a few bits of glass from her hair in a half-hearted attempt to make herself presentable. Lady Mare. Gustav's voice was urgent, and he sprinted across the sand as if his life depended on it. Fiora sat up a little straighter. What was wrong? Had something happened? He held his ring aloft, and the enchanted red light shone towards her. No, it shone above her. Towards the statue. Lady Mare, you found my father. Chapter 42 Gustav raced across the beach. Sand flew behind his pounding feet as he gasped for air and followed the light towards Lady Mare and his father. She had found him. Somehow, Lady Mare had found him. Then the sunlight shifted, and he realized she was sitting with a statue. An impossibly realistic statue. And the light from his ruby ring shone straight at it. Surely that was impossible. Gustav ran until he thought his heart would burst. He scattered a flock of seagulls pecking at a fish on the beach and slid to a halt in front of the statue. Lady Mare stood and brushed sand from her skirt. Gustav wondered briefly why she had forks in her hair, but he was more curious about the statue of his father. Where did it come from? Lady Mare swallowed, looking more nervous than the mostly rhetorical question warranted. Gustav studied her while he waited for her response. The bottom of her skirt was wet. It seemed she had been in the water again. Her dark hair hung loose around her shoulders and was filled with an assortment of objects including forks, seashells, and bits of glass. The front of her dress was puckered. Had she stuffed something down it? Gustav flushed and averted his eyes, realizing that he had accidentally been staring at her chest while trying to figure out what she had hidden in her gown. He turned his attention back to the statue. Find King Francois, he whispered to the ring. The red light once again pointed to the statue. Lady Mare's blue eyes widened. It's impossible, Gustav whispered. But apparently it wasn't. This would explain how the mermaids kept his father alive underwater. King Francois had been imprisoned in stone. It's a statue of your father, isn't it? Lady Mare signed. We never commissioned this. I think this statue is my father. Lady Mare placed a trembling hand on the statue's arm, as if she hoped to sense the magic. She pulled it away, looking disappointed. How? And why? And how do we free him? Lady Mare shook her head to say she didn't know. The forks in her hair bounced against her shoulders, reflecting light from the setting sun. Lady Mare, why are there forks in your hair? What magic could have turned him into a statue? She signed, avoiding the question. I've seen mermaid magic turn a man into a frog. Perhaps this is similar. Gustav moved closer and kissed his father's cheek. He had seen one mermaid's curse broken with a kiss. Perhaps this one could be as well. The stone was warm against his lips, but his father remained a statue. Mermaids didn't do this, Lady Mare signed. A seagull streaked with black landed on the statue's head. Lady Mare waved her hands to shoo it away. Gustav turned to her. How do you know that mermaids aren't responsible? A shriek pierced the air. A cross between song and scream that made Gustav's scalp prickle. He knew that sound. He had heard it just before. A giant tentacle shot out of the water, and Gustav groaned. 
He had heard it just before a Kraken attacked Santel. Apparently they were coming after Montaigne now. The mermaids were supposed to stop them. As if that changed anything now. Gustav knew he should run, but he stood his ground, refusing to leave his father alone on the beach. The song rang through the water again, and the tentacle swept towards shore. Lady Mare jumped in front of the statue and opened her mouth as if she meant to sing. But no sound came out. She scowled and pulled two forks out of her hair instead. She brandished them at the tentacle as if they were swords. Look out! Gustav dove and pushed Lady Mare out of the way. The tentacle crashed onto the beach and sent sand flying over them. Lady Mare untangled herself from Gustav's arms and rushed back to the fight. Lady Mare, don't. She ignored him and stabbed the tentacle with the forks. Unsurprisingly, this had no effect. The tentacle ignored her and wrapped itself around the statue. Gustav sprang to his feet. This attack wasn't meant for them. The mermaids wanted the statue back. The song grew louder until it seemed to fill the entire ocean. Rather than helping Lady Mare attack the tentacle, Gustav waded into the water. He plunged his head under the surface and squinted into the murky depths. Yellow eyes stared back at him. Gustav resurfaced for air then ducked under the water again and stared back. He knew those eyes. Leander. Before Gustav could dive after the merman, a wave washed him back to the shore. He collided with Lady Mare, who offered him a fork. Gustav took it and stabbed the tentacle as hard as he could. The fork bent in his hand as the kraken tentacle dragged King Francois towards the water. A new song filled the air, and something silver rained from the sky. Gustav looked up in confusion. What was happening? One of the silver objects slapped his face, leaving behind a damp spot and a familiar smell. Fish? Hundreds of fish rained onto the beach. Gustav slipped on them as he tried to reach the statue and fight the kraken. Lady Mare was having trouble walking as well. A second tentacle crawled up the beach and wrapped itself around her waist. No. His father could survive underwater, but Lady Mare would drown. Gustav turned away from the statue, slipped his way across the beach, and grabbed Lady Mare's hand. She clung to him, panic in her blue eyes as the kraken dragged her across the sand. Another song filled the air, and the tentacle loosened. Gustav wrapped his arms around Lady Mare's waist and pulled, trying to free her from the kraken's grasp. The song developed into a sort of battle. Gustav saw two mermaids floating in the shallow water singing together. He didn't recognize them. One looked young, and the other had flowing white hair. As their song intensified, the kraken tentacle around Lady Mare loosened. She slumped into Gustav's arms as it slid back into the water. The tentacle wrapped around the statue retreated as well. Gustav held Lady Mare tight as the kraken disappeared into the water. The white-haired mermaid caught his gaze and winked. The young one giggled. Wait. But they had already disappeared into the sea. Gustav helped Lady Mare sit on the beach and collapsed next to her. She clung to her fork and seemed to be having difficulty breathing. Gustav hoped the kraken hadn't cracked her ribs when it grabbed her. He smoothed a strand of hair away from her face, then pulled his hand back. The action had been involuntary. Perhaps he shouldn't. 
but she smiled at him and didn't seem to mind. It felt right, somehow, being here with her on the beach. The only downside was the smell from all the fish, but Gustav forgot about the smell when Lady Mare leaned against him until their shoulders touched. He wondered if he should kiss her again. But maybe it was inappropriate to kiss her when she was still recovering from the attack. Should he ask? What if she said no? Before he could decide what to do, the beach shook beneath them and rumbled with deep laughter. A tentacle wrapped around Gustav's ankle and pulled him into the ocean. Chapter 43 Fiora watched, too stunned to move, as a kraken tentacle pulled Gustav across the sand. He didn't have time to speak, but his eyes pleaded for help as he gasped for air and disappeared beneath the waves. No. She wouldn't lose him. Fiora jumped to her feet and ran across the beach. She wished that Madame Isla's misunderstandings of human fashion had involved knives rather than forks. Maybe those would have been more effective against a sea monster. She waited until she was neck deep, then took a deep breath and dove into the ocean. The salt water stung her human eyes, but she ignored the pain and searched for Gustav. There? He was a few feet away, struggling to free his foot from the tentacle's grasp. Fiora swam down and jabbed her fork into the Kraken suction cups, which seemed likely to be a weak point if the monster had won. The tentacle did not react. It simply held Gustav below the surface. He kicked, but it did no good. Their eyes met, and Fiora read the panic in Gustav's expression. Her own lungs were burning, and he had been underwater longer than she had. They didn't have much time left. If only she had her voice. Her mermaid song might be able to control the kraken and make it loosen its grip. Fiora stopped stabbing the tentacle and swam back a little to study the situation instead. Her hair floated around her, glittering with glass and shells. Her dress caught in a current and pulled her away from Gustav. Go back. Save yourself. Fiora ignored his signs and swam towards his leg. The tentacle was too large to wrap around something as small as a human leg effectively, and the suction cups were attached to Gustav's clothes, not his skin. She studied the seams of his trousers for a moment, then stabbed her fork through the fabric and pulled at the threads. The fabric ripped at the seams and tore away. Fiora ignored the fire in her lungs and pulled off Gustav's shoe. Then she pushed down on the tentacle. As she had hoped, the suction cups stayed attached to the fabric. The kraken tentacle and torn cloth slid over Gustav's foot and sank into the water. Fiora grabbed Gustav's shoulders and swam up. Her feet tangled in her voluminous skirt, slowing her ascent. Gustav kicked his legs and surged past her. He clutched her arm as he passed and dragged her through the water. She gasped for air as her head broke through the waves. Gustav did the same, sputtering and coughing up water. Fiora continued to struggle with her dress as they limped through the ocean. Gustav kept a hand on her waist to help. They collapsed onto the sand and lay on their backs when they reached the shore. The statue of King Francois still sat on the beach. Madame Isla and Zoe had managed to drive the kraken away in time to save it. Hopefully the mermaids could stop whatever was causing the rumbling as well. Was it the same thing that had caused the earthquake in the library? There had been too many attacks to be a coincidence. Gustav reached over and squeezed her hand, distracting Fiora from her musings. She smiled and squeezed back. 
he laced his fingers through hers and held tight. They lay together without speaking while they caught their breath. Seagulls and clouds floated in the blue sky over them. Thank you. Gustav's voice was little more than a whisper. Fjord squeezed his hand again, grateful that he was still alive. If he had died. She closed her eyes to hide the tears. There was no point thinking like that. He was alive. That was what mattered. When she opened her eyes again, Gustav was sitting up and leaning over her with concern. The beach glittered silver around him. Beautiful until a breeze stirred up the scent of dead fish. Are you injured, Lady Mare? His hair and beard dripped water, and his eyes were filled with concern. Concern for her. I'm fine. We should get you to a doctor. You're the one who needs a doctor. Gustav sighed. Actually, my father is the one who needs a doctor. Or an enchanter. I'm not sure who would know how to break such a spell. Fiora shook her head to show she didn't know either, and bits of glass rattled against her shoulders. She would ask her mermaid relatives about the king, of course. Althea seemed the most likely to know, and she could ask Zoe to search the library just in case. But the mermaids had never mentioned such an enchantment before. Was Leander responsible? He was the only one Fiora could imagine doing it, but what would he gain from capturing a human king? Why would he possibly want to drown Gustav? She needed to speak with the mermaids as soon as possible. Something was going on here. Something strange that now involved her somehow. How do you think he washed up on the shore? Gustav gestured to the statue. Fiora swallowed. Telling him that she had found it and meant to give it to him as a birthday gift seemed impossible now. It would raise too many other questions after the Kraken attack. Honestly, it probably would have raised too many questions even without the Kraken. This plan to catch his attention had been rather ill-conceived now that Fiora considered it further. Then again, maybe it had worked out better than planned. Gustav took her hand again and held it tight. Fiora sat up and leaned her head against his shoulder. Gustav looked down at her and smiled. Your Majesty. There you are. Marquis Corbo ran towards them. He slipped on a fish and stopped to stare at Gustav and Fiora. She couldn't blame him. Gustav's beard had dried into a frizzy mess. Her hair was full of forks and glass. Not to mention there was a statue behind them that was really the King of Montaigne. We need to bring this statue back to the castle as quickly as possible, Gustav said. It's my father. Obviously it's your father, Marquis Corbo said. But how? We never commissioned such a piece. I mean it's actually my father. Your Majesty. Captain Whist, Dale, and a group of soldiers ran down the beach. They also slipped on the fish, but fared better than Marquis Corbo had. I heard the mermaid's song. Captain Wiss said. Is there a kraken? What happened here? Gustav shook his head. It's gone now. Lady Mare fought it off with a fork. Everyone stared at Fiora. She shrugged and waved the fork that she still held. Dale's eyes bulged. Lady Mare, where did you get that? I recognize the pattern. A custom design. It was on my ship that was lost. Fiora didn't know what to say. She offered the fork to Dale, who clutched it like a lifeline. Now that she actually looked at it, 
the fork was rather unique. The handle was carved in the shape of a rose, and decorative vines crawled up it and curved around the tines. If this washed up, there may be more. Dale ran to the shoreline and searched the sand, kicking piles of fish aside in his quest for cutlery. Fiora and Gustav shared a look. Where exactly did you get that fork? And the rest of your, um, decorations? He let go of her hand to sign and gestured towards her hair. Fiora slumped into the sand. This had to be the least successful seduction in the history of romance. No matter how hard she tried, she just wasn't able to fit into the role she was supposed to play. They're nice, Gustav quickly added. You look nice. Fiora gave him a look, and he laughed. I hope you'll tell me your story sometime, Lady Mare. Then he stood, helped her to her feet, and walked over to direct the soldiers who were moving King Francois. Fiora pulled bits of glass out of her hair and watched him place a hand on the stone to steady his father as the soldiers lifted him. What would happen if she told Gustav her story? Her heart pounded. If she told Gustav the truth, there was no going back. No pretending that she was not herself. No escape. She pulled a fork from her hair. It was the same rose design as the one Dale held. She waved at the merchant and handed him the fork. Thank you, Lady Mare. Gustav looked back and smiled at her when he saw Fiora pull a third fork from her hair and hand it to Dale. Looking into Gustav's eyes, Fiora wasn't sure she wanted to escape. There was something there beyond his usual kindness and consideration. Something as steady as the waves. She looked away, not sure she should trust the expression. Hearts were fickle. Men were fickle. But this wasn't just any man. This was Gustav. The soldiers hoisted King Francois onto their shoulders and carried him towards the castle, but Gustav stayed on the beach waiting for her. He smiled and offered his arm. He looked a little ridiculous with one trouser leg missing and his hair wild from the sea. But his gray eyes were steady and kind as always. Fiora lifted her hands to tell him everything, then buried them in her skirt instead. She couldn't risk telling him the truth. Not when she needed his affection to save her life. Not when she had somehow managed to secure a bit of that affection through her disguise. Gustav looked disappointed but didn't press her. He simply took her hand and helped her limp across the fish-covered beach. Seagulls scattered as they walked. The birds seemed unsure to do with their bounty. They hopped from fish to fish, fighting each other even though there was plenty to go around. Fiora smiled as Spot stole a fish from another bird, and Gustav laughed with her. They walked hand in hand as they followed the soldiers and King Francois back to the castle.